Welcome to the Make Money Behave podcast, where we talk about your money, your circumstances, and the small changes in your behavior that will have a big impact on both. My name is Maria Casillas, and I am honored to be your host. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Make Money Behave podcast. I am Maria Casillas, and today is Tuesday, March 20th. You know what that means, another Tell Me Tuesday episode. But first, I want to remind you that you are eligible for a free 30-minute power coaching call with me. So don't miss out on this, guys. This is a phenomenal value, and you know you get to pick the topic, so that's really exciting too. Um, all you have to do in order to redeem that is to go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and then a review, and then just send me a quick email with the word coaching in the subject line and let me know in the body of that email that you have left that review and then we're going to go ahead and set up your power coaching call. That email to send that information to is maria at cashinonchange.com and I look forward to responding to you and setting that up. Okay, so let's hop right into today's topic. Today's question comes from Lisa in Buckeye, Arizona. Lisa listened to another podcast episode and heard me say that if she emails me a topic that she's interested in, that I would address it. So here I am (laughs) addressing the thing, the very thing that she emailed me about. Among other things, Lisa says, hey, I was wondering if you might address your opinion on using credit cards for airline points and other types of points. A little over a year ago, we applied for Southwest credit cards, and they had a bonus of 50,000 points if you spent $3,000 in three months on the card. The card is linked to my bank account, and I go online usually every other day to look at my bank statement and credit card statement. I also pay the balance on the card every other day or so. I've been very disciplined about this, and we've done pretty good and most times stayed in budget. This isn't something I would have done 10 or 20 years ago. We were not disciplined and we would end up paying lots of interest charges because we probably made just the minimum payment. And for me, I have found that the fee of $99 is worth the cost because the last four flights I've paid only $11 in airport fees plus the early bird check-in. But I would love to hear your thoughts on these types of things. Okay, Lisa. Well, there is a whole lot of stuff to address in that question. But first, let me just say thank you for reaching out to me and letting me know that that was something that you were interested in hearing about. So I have, uh, in case you haven't figured it out, I don't have, you know, black and white thinking when it comes to some of this. And so I'm sure that most people are expecting me to say, oh my God, no, stay, stay far, far away from those credit cards. And um, then there are some who are kind of hoping that I don't say that. So uh, let me just tell you, before I tell you my opinion on this, I want to make sure that whoever is listening right now, that you understand your situation may be entirely different than Lisa's, okay? And that's exactly what I'm going to address today. There's a few pieces of of her question that I want to pull out, but I want to make sure that you understand that I'm coming at this from a standpoint of everyone is in a different situation, and so hopefully you'll hear an undertone of that as I give you my opinion. Okay, so a couple things. One is that obviously this particular credit card that Lisa's talking about is Southwest, so it's specifically for travel points. And there are many other types of of cards out there, and usually they're going to have some sort of enticing draw to bring you in. First and foremost, I want you to be aware of what that draw is. Why are you drawn to that particular um, incentive that they're putting out there? If that incentive is airline travel, 
do you travel often? That's a, that's an important question to ask. Do you travel often? And if not, then it's probably not a good idea to go get a credit card so you can go into debt so that you can get a bunch of travel points just in case you decide to travel someday. Okay, so I hope you're with me on that. The other thing that you might notice in there is that in order to get the bonus that they're offering, they you must spend $3,000 in the first three months. That is not an uncommon thing. So a lot of credit card offers that I receive will say something like, you know, spend $2,000 in the first three months and you're going to get, you know, $200 extra or this many bonus points or, you know, whatever. And that's very, very typical for these types of cards that they have a certain spending amount that you have to reach in order to get that thing that they're using to entice you. So the question becomes, would I spend $3,000 in three months if I'm sticking to my own plan? And some people will say absolutely, and, and some people won't. So you that's another thing you have to really take into account is what would you normally spend on whatever you're using that card for? Lisa also mentions that the card is linked to her bank account and that she goes on there about every other day to make sure that she pays it off and keeps up with the balances, and that way she stays in budget. So one of the things I want to say to that is, there's extra time that you're using to log on there every single day or every other day. And there's also the idea of staying on budget just because you have paid something off. And I'm not suggesting, Lisa, that you're not doing that. I'm just letting people know that that's not always the case because I know a lot of people that I coach have said to me, I do not overspend on my credit cards because I pay my balance off every single month. But what happens is after they do a little bit of a review of their spending, they realize that they actually spent more than they would have had they not been using that credit card. And even though they could afford to pay it off every single month, so it wasn't like creating this you know, ongoing debt for them, they actually realize that, oh, you know, I'm probably not staying on the budget that I prefer to stay on to just because it was easier to swipe a credit card. So I, I will touch on that a little bit as well too. I'm just gonna quickly go through some of these things that are coming up for me before I give you some examples of what I've done. Um, and then you also mentioned that, um, you know, you wouldn't have done this 10 or 20 years ago because you weren't disciplined enough. So that's gonna be another thing we talk about is how disciplined you need to be for this and what this what that discipline thing really means when it comes to this. And finally, the last thing that you mentioned on here was that you have a $99 annual fee. And I just wanna make sure that I bring that up. So many people have an annual fee on their credit cards and just don't realize it. So kudos to you, Lisa, for realizing that you have that and actually taking that into account when trying to decide if this card is worth your money or not. Now, I feel like I've done a lot of rambling so far, uh, and I apologize for that. <laughs> I just wanted to point out some of the things that jumped out at me, but I want to give you just kind of an overall opinion and maybe some examples of my life where I've used these credit cards and you know what, what's worked and what's not and why I like things and why I don't so that you can formulate your own decision based on your current circumstances and situation. And I want to give you a few tips as to what you can do in order to ensure that you don't completely screw yourself when it comes to using these credit cards. Okay, so one one thing is to know your why. Like, 
and I don't mean, you know, like your why, your purpose. I mean, like, what is your why for using that particular card? So we kind of address that. Are you going to be after um, airline miles? Are you going to be after cash back? You know, that kind of thing. So know what what is the purpose for the card that you are looking for. And just remember, guys, that if they're coming to you, chances are they're using some sort of psychological tactic to try to draw you in. Whereas if you know that you're looking for a card for a specific reason, then maybe you can go out and look for one um, and just kind of use it that way. One of the things that I have used a card for, even recently, is for a large pre-planned purchase. The reason I say that is because you you heard like with Lisa's question that she needs to spend $3,000 in three months. I don't want to have to spend $3,000 on groceries, gas, um, you know, utilities, whatever. Do I spend that? Yeah, I'm sure that I do. But, you know, to actually try to coordinate all of that and, and keep track of all of it, it's just, it's too much for my brain and it just doesn't save me enough time or uh, it doesn't, it takes too much time to justify how much I'm going to save. So I, what I do instead is if I know there's a large purchase that's coming up on purpose, then I will usually use one of the cards for that purchase and have the money to pay that off right away. So for example, my daughter went to preschool and I think I might have mentioned to you that I negotiated with the school and we were able to get a 15% discount for that if we paid for her full tuition one year in advance. Not in advance, but sorry, one year up front, all, in, all at once. And so I knew the amount that was going to be due and I made sure that we saved up that amount of money in our savings account and then I used a credit card not because I didn't have the money but because if I put you know a thousand dollars or three thousand dollars or whatever the amount was on the card but by a certain amount of time that I would get this bonus cash back plus it already comes with you know one and a half percent cash back so what I did was I actually had the money sitting on our account and then I opened this card we utilized that card to pay for the full year tuition and then what we did was we waited for the bonus money to come through so we let that money plus the one and a half percent money post I actually instead of transferring that money to our account I actually just use that as a statement balance and then I pay off the difference. So by doing that, we saved like three, $400 or something like that on the tuition because we used that card to do that. But that wouldn't have been a savings if we had just haphazardly spent two, $3,000 just putting it on the card, not really with a, a purpose in mind, and then ended up, you know, having late fees or transaction, um, overdraft, not overdrafts, but interest free fees and that kind of thing. So there was an intentionality that really helped. And then, you know, once we're done paying that down or off, then you can just cancel that card or just, you know, that'll screw with your credit. I know. So don't cancel the card, just, you know, only use it for some of those things. So that's why I, it's, I, I want to do that kind of thing so that I don't get stuck in the trap of just putting as whatever we need to on that card. And so that's the other thing too, is that when someone asks you, when you have a card, there's a convenience factor. And I, <laughs> I know that if you have the card, because I've done this, you guys, like I'll open a card for the purpose I just told you, right? And then I'll fall into the trap of, well, we have this particular thing that we want to do, but we don't exactly, we didn't work that into the budget. We can totally work that into next month's budget and pay it off. So let's just put it on this card this month and then pay it off next month. Well, 
that's just a, a game that I play in my mind. And it's just a game you're playing in your mind too. Um, it's not, you're not staying in budget on that. You're actually not being disciplined if you're doing that. Instead, you're saying yes to yourself now and then fixing it later. Whereas what we try to teach you is to be proactive with your money rather than reactive. And doing what I just said is actually more of a reactive um, approach to your money. So yeah, keep that in mind. And another thing to keep in mind is your weaknesses. Now, isn't this supposed to be a podcast about motivation and inspiration and, and, you know, being positive about our money? Yeah, yeah, it is. So why am I talking about your weaknesses rather than telling you to focus on your strengths? Well, because I understand psychology and I understand behavior and the process of change and, and what our pitfalls really end up leaning to. So I know that you need to be aware of your weaknesses and of your pitfalls, and then you need to do everything you can to armor yourself. Okay, put as many barriers between you and your pitfalls as possible, especially in the beginning. Even Lisa said that 10 or 20 years ago, she never would have done this because she knows that she would have been playing with fire. She knows that she would have been a, a baby, if you will, in her discipline level of you know how to really manage the money that she has coming in. And so she wouldn't have done this. And I encourage you to really take a, a strong look at yourself and be honest with yourself. How likely are you to fall if you decide to ch chase some of these little, you know, things that are coming down the pike because one and a half percent back sounds great. Like, oh, I'm getting cash back. You know, they're paying me to use their credit card. Okay. But how much do you have to spend in order to get a few dollars back? I mean, I'd rather you put your money into Capital One 360 or another online savings account and make 1% than to spend a whole bunch of money just to try to get 1.5%. Okay, so I just, I want you to think this whole thing through. I want you to take a step away from the pretty piece of paper that has all of these enticing, you know, things on there, 0% for this amount and balance transfers of this and just be careful because they are marketing to you and you just need to make sure that you are, again, armoring yourself with, with the necessary protection to stay on course. If you are listening to this and you are at a level where you do believe that you're able to handle this and it's something that's not going to derail your overall plan, then there are two things that I want to make sure you do every time you consider opening a card. One is read the fine print. Okay, I mean, they send you like four or five pages worth of fine print, and most people just read the big, bold print that's enticing on the front page, and then they forget to look at the back. <laughs> so I just want to encourage you, look at the back. Do not be paying 17% interest so you can get a, uh, you know, 1%. That example that I gave you before with the my preschool tuition, uh, that actually paid like I said, about one and a half percent plus, you know, a couple hundred dollar bonus. But I also made sure that it was zero percent for at least three months so that I could wait for the bonus to uh, post before I paid off the entire balance. But I didn't want to have to pay any interest while waiting for that. So I made sure that it was a zero percent interest. Now, I'm able to receive offers like that because my credit score is like 800 and some points or whatever. So you may not be receiving points like that. By the way, I don't focus on my credit score. I want to make sure you know that right up 
up front. Uh, ours is high because we pay our bills on time. And while we were going through our debt-free journey, we paid off a bunch of stuff. And so we did not focus on the on the score, but it just kind of happened to um, build while we were paying off a bunch of stuff. So, uh, but I just throw that out there because there are some listeners who have you know scores upwards of 800, but there are some who are kind of in the 500 range. If you're in the 500, 600 range, you're probably not receiving pre-solicited offers or sorry, pre-selected offers of 0% interest because, you know, they're just not out there. Um, they're not trying to get your business quite yet. They'd rather give you the 10 or 15 or even 25% interest rates. So just be careful with that. I want you to make sure that you're not paying 25% interest for borrowed money because that's really going to derail you on your plan for sure. Uh, and then the second tip is to make sure that you stay organized. And for me, I've talked to some friends and accountability partners and have said, you know, I know that it seemed like a good idea at the time to open this card and to do this and try to get this enticing thing. And I said, but my gosh, it feels like I need to stay so much more organized and I have to be on top of so many more things that I actually am remembering why I hated the dumb things in the first place. So I just want to let you know that too. I am not, as much as I sound like I use them as leverage, it's, it's really a pain in the butt. It's not even worth it. So I, I will not be using them just because of a convenience factor. It's not because of a belief system so much as it is just a convenience factor. So I'm, I'm using convenience for me instead of against me. I don't want to take extra time to, you know, track all of that stuff and make sure I log in every other day to make sure I'm paying that stuff. I just want to keep things simple. And I have found that being proactive with my money has kept things simple. I decide ahead of time what it is that I want to buy. I put money aside of that for that ahead of time. And then I use that money to pay <laughs> what I want to pay for. So it just is easier for me that way. Whew, Lisa, you're killing me here. No, I'm glad that you brought it up, actually. I just, I struggle with this particular topic because I know there's really no one right way for everybody. So I just struggle with advocating for the use of credit cards when I know that, you know, really probably 80% of my listeners will will take that information and run with it saying that they have permission to do that and and still be successful and you know deep down they really know it's going to derail them so that's why I hesitate um you know I hope you can hear that in my voice that it's 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 kind of like playing with fire you know um does it have its usefulness? Sure. But you just, if you are in the beginning parts of your plan, you know, please, please hear me and just maybe just stay away from them. You get a plan in place first, you know, have some sort of organized system. If you need help with that, guys, I've created some amazing tools. So some of them are calculator-ish, but most of them actually just really address the mindset behind the calculator. And that's really what's going to drive you to have long-term results rather than just, you know, the, like the crash diet one. So anyway, all right, guys, I hope that this was helpful for you. I may have just lost a few listeners, <laughs> uh, but I, I welcome your feedback. And I'm actually quite curious to know, what do you think? I mean, do you use these? Do you use credit cards to try to get this stuff? Do you believe that they have provided more good than they have harm for you? I know that the answer for me is no. They've absolutely provided more harm than good. And it's kind of like being in the lion's den. So um, 
yeah, just, you know, be really careful. Okay. All right. That is going to be a wrap for me for today. You guys, I really appreciate you jumping on. I apologize for the extra rambly today. As you know, I don't do notes. So when I get passionate about something, it kind of just goes. So, <laughs> okay. You guys have a fantastic rest of your day and we will be in touch. Thanks for listening. Oh, 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 oh